1: Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast.
0: So um, the next item I have is something we already kind of talked about, family conflict, divorce. Um, and uh, But I think, you know, we talked about divorce kind of stuff a little bit, like you're in a relationship and then click, and it's like uh, change. Um, but there's also family conflict. Like, you know, you might be really close to your family, but now that you, but, but they're, they're going to attempt to impede and you find yourself like, I don't know, oh, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself for just a moment and say like, suddenly all these people that are my family are not as important as what I have to do now. I am, I, these relationships are disposable. To me now, they weren't before, but they are now. If they will not be supportive of what I'm doing, that relationship is entirely, thoroughly disposable. And um, but even more than that is, I need to find my new family. I need to find my new people. I need to find my new tribe because I'm leaving this tribe. I because of the click. It's like within that click within that moment it's like and this is frustrating it's like i i would have never have thought i would do this and yet i'm go- I, that's what's happening i mean i i would think that it, the moment after the click you'd be like i wonder if i'll be able to salvage these relationships and then my experience is is that within a short amount of time the answer is no nope. no nope. and um, and I've, I've met people that are, that are, that say things like, how can you live like that? How can you not have these relationships? And it's like, it turned out to be a lot easier than you'd think. Mm. Uh, you know, I have a, not, uh, part of it is, is I no longer have all that drama, including a bunch of people telling me that what I'm doing is crazy and they need to insert themselves into my life and basically do an intervention. To cut me off from permaculture or cut me off from this path and it's like um, yeah no that's this path I'm on is only about a thousand times more important than this relationship and um, and this relationship turns out is now in my way <clears throat> this is me
2: right. I wouldn't say that for me, like, my relationships became disposable. I mean, maybe if it's like, you know, my third cousin twice removed or something. But, Mm -hmm. like, my important relationships didn't become disposable. But, like, I was just no longer willing to allow them to prevent me from doing what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Like, it had to kind of be on my terms, at least in that regard, you know? It's like you can stay in my life, and I love you, and I want to still have a relationship with you, but I'm not going to, you know, be obedient. Hold myself back, yeah.
0: Right. Be be obedi- obedient to somebody that has not experienced the click.
2: Exactly, yeah.
0: Yeah, which for obedience me. is kind of what they really
1: need. Right. Yeah. For me, um, and I'll get into this more uh, for my adult. Uh, family familial relationships where they haven't experienced the click and don't understand what I'm doing, uh, my, my choice was, or what I chose to do was kind of turn the volume way down. Similar yeah. to what Jen said. Uh, it's not gone, it's not turned to zero, but, you know, how much and to the degree that I'm listening to what they have to say and how crazy I am is way, way down. Um, I want to I augment what you just said and yeah.
0: say do you feel like if you get to the point that you're neck deep and you're girding it that you can then show those people your new environment and then they would kind of be like, oh, this is
1: cool. Oh, I get it. Maybe. Yeah. I've wondered. Um, I don't know. I hope that I can show it to them, uh, but I'm prepared for the possibility that that will still be too crazy for them, and it's just those are not people that I can share my dreams with. But while your future is under construction, well, yeah, you you definitely can't show people Disney Disney World while it's under construction. Yeah,
0: but when it's all done, then it's like. They're the most likely to be accepting of it, like, oh, this is cool. But it's, there's still a chance they'll be like, oh, I, I think I understand why you're crazy. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> and and it's like I, I you're still crazy, and uh, but but it's like uh, now it's it's something I can wrap my head around why you're crazy.
1: Right. Yeah.
3: <clears throat> well, I feel bad. Uh- <laughs> My family has fully embraced my crazy and have been 100% fully supportive
1: in oh, my journey. That's oh, awesome. That's, that's amazing. amazing.
3: From like, I don't know. Like, we had days where like my parents helped me build like these mobile chicken brooders with me, and they'll help like they'll go feed the pigs or the chickens because I have my site, um, like rent my site. Um, my aunts are some of my first PSA customers. Uh, my sister just bought five acres. My other sister built a giant garden. Wow. Yeah. My wow. family were like, oh, I like your kind of crazy. Let's do this. My dad's obsessed with fruit trees now.
1: <laughs> wow. <Cool.
0: laughs> That's so cool. You're the that Trailblazer. Is, yeah. That is amazing. I think that. I don't know. That that says a lot about those people.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, like, cool. That's the best version of that story imaginable. Yeah, yeah my,
3: my family's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I should record a podcast someday and maybe put it in that, like, the, the $25 bin where I've got a few podcasts about how I've got several branches of the family. And there's one branch that's just absolutely amazing. But I am... Um, too weird for them, but <laughs> you know, they're but they are beautiful people. They're wonderful, but I, I'm just wired in a completely different way. But anyway, okay. I'm sorry. <clears> okay. <throat>
3: so, so let me throw this into a different context. So if Jen was talking about like being in that sort of like foot trap, I feel like you and you guys kind of like cut off the limb and went somewhere else. I am remaining in that foot trap because my family is so awesome. I don't want to move somewhere else because I have this awesome support team. However, I live in a really expensive area. Like, land is stupid
0: expensive. So, um, yeah. it, it, there might have been a, a little bit of a trap, but it may have been like a piece of string wrapped around your toe that you had to take off, and that was annoying. But, yeah.
2: Right. Chinese yeah, finger it. trap. Try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Um, moving on to the next item. Uh, we all talk about how we need to be part of a group of people that are traveling a similar path, and then other people in our group are going to be bonkers about a thing that we need to be awesome at, but they're going to be awesome at at it more awesome than we would ever be. And we're part of this group. So, therefore, community. Yeah, I can't do it all, and therefore I don't have to. And the frustration, and we're talking about frustrations right now, the frustration is most communities suck. (laughs) I mean, like, to me in 2005, I'd already peaked at communities many times And contemplated doing something on Mount Spokane, and everything I look into, it's like the drama factor is out of this world, and it's like, how do you do this in a way that you eliminate drama? And and it's like I've made, I've recorded lots of podcasts about my adventures and trying to get this all sorted out, and so I, I don't want to dwell on that. But in that click moment. That was a, that was a huge part of like what followed in the, in the immediate 10 seconds after the click. It was like, need community. Yet this is a problem. This, how to do community without drama is a problem that has not been solved. And it's like, maybe I need to figure it out. And the first step to figure it out is to show respect to the systems that are, you know, trying to do their best right now. And so in 2005, I did mountains of research on community and it went on from there. And I think we're going to talk about it more in my segment later, but frustration. I experienced frustration most communities stuck. And when the click moment kind of happens, do you guys kind of get that same feeling?
2: Yeah, I would say. I mean, I didn't immediately start. Well, that's probably not true. I had read like Diana Leaf Christi- Christensen's book even before I was on the ranch. Like when I used to live in the city after college, and had kind of been into the idea of intentional community. But one after reading her book, it was like, oh shit, that that sounds like way more than I want to deal with. And then I had toyed with the idea of, like, trying to start some kind of community at the ranch, which, you know, was a non-starter for many, many reasons. But, yeah, like, trying to figure out some way to be with people who... So that I'll be floating downstream instead of swimming upstream was was hugely appealing. But when you start looking at the communities, either they're just, like, totally not my style um, in a few different sometimes kind of creepy ways or, yeah, they just didn't seem very successful. Okay. I guess
3: when I first looked into it, it was like the opportunity to reduce the cost of purchasing land, so jointly purchasing. And then when I looked into like all the the legalese ease of what would be involved in having, like, a a community where there's some sort of ownership, um, legal ownership. It was just like, oh, gosh, no thank you.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I, except for the times that I've been lucky enough to visit Paul's place, I've not lived in community uh, larger than a community of two as an adult. And so... You know, like, except for, like, college, uh, you know, college departments with roommates. And so I kind of have to defer to y'all on the fact that most communities suck, or the opinion, um, but as far as designing a community, uh, in my kind of doing scratch work in the dark by myself had come to a solution very similar to yours, Paul, um... Where it you know resemble very closely is akin to a company or something like that in structure and kind of uh, authority systems. but mm-hmm. as far as the suckage in communities, um, i I will gladly take y'all's word for it <laughs> All right.
0: all right, so um, there are communities and um, and it's kind of like there's they, there's issues. And it's like, but at the same time, in a way, you have experienced community in college. Right. And um, and then your choices after that were to not do more of that. Like, <laughs> right. you know, so it's like, okay, some some lessons were learned and stuff like that. Okay, so it's kind of like, okay, I need to be with a bunch of people. And that is not a simple thing to do. Moving on to the next item. This is a huge one for a lot of people. How do I make money without a worky job? Because I got to do all these things, and it doesn't align well with a worky job.
2: Yeah, worky jobs suck. Yeah, that's, that was always a pain point for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, money is hard if you don't have a worky job.
0: I know that for uh a couple of years after the click, I still did um I did worky job stuff on and off because of course, you know, all this stuff has got to be somehow paid for. Right. And so um <clears throat> But I, I did put uh, a lot of effort into trying to be like, how do I get from point A to point B? And it's going to need a lot of my time to make it happen. And, um, a worky job makes money, but it's like, I, I think part of it is, is like, it's a worky job that I've done before. It's like uh, it, it became, after the click, it became incredibly painful to do it.
2: Right. I don't want to be
0: here. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this. I'm I'm forcing myself to do this thing because I get paid a lot of money and, um, you know, But I think it's apparent to everybody around me that I'm forcing myself to do it. I don't really want to be here. And I want to be doing all these other things. My soul needs me to go do these other things. And it's like, okay, how do I get into the space where the things I need to do to be neck deep are mixed with income? I happen to be very fortunate in that some of that had already been solved before the click. Like, I had residual income coming in accidentally. Cool. And then, and, I, and a lot of it was for things that I did that were like, I wrote that article about ants and on my apple tree, and it started to bring in a little bit of money. And I wrote the article about lawn care, and, and it was starting to bring in a little bit of money. I mean, little, not big money, but trickles. And so, some of the things I did before the click, you know, were bringing in this little trickle of money. And I, you know, basically, then the next thing you know is like, as part of the click, I needed this to to share what I've learned. I needed to talk about it. So I, I would write and I and things like that and share, not for the sake of earning money, but because I just needed to have the conversation with others. I needed to have other people try these ideas on for size and see if it has legs, and uh, and to talk about it more so I can get deeper into it. And then sometimes for some of those things, I I like later I'd be like, oh, I need to kind of improve my income streams. What can I go to? And it's like, maybe these seven things over here I can do a little something with each of those seven, and then more income will come in. I you know an afterthought. Right. And, uh, so. Now, all of Wheaton Labs is 100% funded by permaculture things. Right. Our Kickstarters, um, the artifacts left over from our previous Kickstarters, um, well, stuff like that.
2: And, like, you're talking about re- residual income streams, which I think is a really good place to end up. But I think, like, a lot of people's first thought is kind of like, I will sell produce from my garden. How'd that go, and- actually? <laughs> uh, ha, ha. uh well it actually went pretty good. So
3: um I'm definitely a thousandaire for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you gonna do it again next
0: year? Uh sure am. Oh wow, oh I'm I okay. I
1: I, I was surprised by like, that uh, answer
0: too. Yeah. I because of course the thing I say is like, okay, if you're gonna try and make money doing permaculture worky job that one of the lowest income things you could possibly do is a CSA. And (laughs) and then you were like, yeah, I heard you say that and I'm going to do it anyway because I think you're wrong. And it's like, that's cool. That's cool. Do your own thing. And then then it's like, so I thought I'd say, how did it go? And you're going to be like, you were right. <laughs>
3: I don't think I don't think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that I still need to explore ways to make more than you know, less than minimum wage. I think that what I what I'd like to try <laughs> is I think I'm able to do the CSA this season with half the amount of work, and that there's other side benefits that I get that aren't necessarily like the money monies.
0: I think, um, I mean, we have plans here on on how we will hopefully earn money in the future, rather than me perpetually subsidizing everything. And uh, and 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 the chant is, I will work harder. And, huh. and every time I say that, what do you say, Jennifer?
2: That truck is totally not from the glue factory.
1: Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: um, uh, you know, fortunately, last year when it was like, oh shit, we're in financial trouble, we got to come up with a lot of money really fast. Jennifer pointed it out, like, you know, and and she she like did she did her own like you know. Uh, um, uh, matchbook math and like says, my math says that, uh, in about a month, you're gonna be the word is fucked. And so, <laughs> since I live here, I think that I get fucked too, right? And so, maybe, uh, we need a, we need a Hail Mary. What do you say? And it's like, okay, well, let's do a Kickstarter. So we came up with the, the, the greenhouse Kickstarter and got it on rails and cranked that out, and sure enough, that gave us the cash infusion that we needed at that moment. So good job, Jennifer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I should have been paying closer attention, and, uh, yeah, so um, uh, we're still afloat, but we've got to get to the point that this is uh, self-sustaining. But when, when Ashley is looking at, like, I'm going to do that sub-minimum wage thing again, and part of it is that it's like at least it's aligned with the click. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's part of the things I need to do. So it's shit coin. It's not enough coin for what I need to do. But at least it's like in the click. And and for me, that was kind of like the residual income streams. And it's like, I already wrote this stuff anyway. Now I'm going to take an extra hour and see if I can nudge it so that it brings in $5 a year. Yeah, And and then it's like I did that for a bunch of things, and then one of them turned into $3,000 a year. It's like, wow, huh, you know, why can't I do them all like that? And it's like, that's nah, just the way it is. It's, yeah. They're not all going to do that. And it's like, but now there's so many that it's like they all add up to something that keeps Wheaton Labs mostly afloat, although we do lean on those Kickstarters a lot too. Um, so the question for me is,
1: with the – oh, sorry – the question is how do I make money without a worky job? Yeah. Uh I'm on the total opposite end of the spectrum as Ashley. Um I have a worky job that doesn't really align with the click and those values and it's more than minimum wage and that part's, you know, nice and cute. Um and also um it's it's its own different kind of hard um kind of doing slogging that work and strapping myself to that um to pound yeah. the keyboard that in ways that really aren't aligned with the click um doing some fun uh doing some fun kind of word association with it the other day um you know kind of gut instinct word association the word that came up about my job was that uh, it made me neutered uh, <laughs> and, and you know there's like words coming unbidden and it's it's true like doing that working job that has nothing to do with permaculture or furthering that dream um, is a whole different kind of hard.
2: yeah I tried like doing seasonal work for a while because I just couldn't bear to stay at a worky job because it's like every minute is being stolen from your real yeah. life, right? Yep. Yeah. And so, like, I'd go try to do seasonal work in the summers. Like, at least some were cool and, like, outdoorsy and pretty, but it was still, like, really miserable, and then those didn't pay shit either. So, yeah. It
0: just, it painful. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, we're all going to – everybody, we're going to hike up this trail two miles and uh, into the wilderness, and then our job of the day – is to spray pesticides on everything. Uh Uh-huh. That's what our mission is. I didn't
2: have to spray, yeah.
0: I mean, like, there's a lot of people where it's like, I'm going to have this job where I'm going to be working in the forest or I'm going to be working in the wilderness or I'm going to be, it's going to be so awesome. And then you get there and it's like, oh, I'm so excited. What is the work we're going to do? Maybe we're going to build trails. Maybe we're going to, like, build a bridge. Wouldn't that be cool? And it's like, I'm going to learn so much stuff. It's going to be great. And it's like, here's your spray pack. You're going to carry it up, um, you know, two miles, and uh, and then we're going to spray a bunch of stuff up there.
1: See that mullet right. over there? Go spray it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. For See, me, the... it
2: was more like corralling dumb campers who were trying to set things on fire and, like, cleaning up broken glass and chasing bears away from, like, people's fajita dinners but it was
3: still pretty bad. <laughs> I teach tiny people how to ski. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know, that sounds nicer in a lot of ways. I love it. I love
3: it. <laughs> I,
0: as a software engineer, I did a little bit more of it and um but the thing is is that there's new technology coming out like every month and you got to because like you got to up have, on it. You got to stay up on it and it's it's like an industry that, that morphs more than any other industry. It, yeah. it just changes so fast and you, you've got to be up on top of it. And it's like, so what I used to do many years ago is I went to these amazing conferences for software engineers and I participated. I mean, hell, I created some massive forums for it and stuff like that. I did all this stuff. And then, then, uh, you know, suddenly it got to the click and it's kind of like, when I have an extra moment, I do not want to spend my time learning more about software engineering. I want to focus on things related to the click. And so my expertise began to fade. And when I went to these jobs, it was a lot of um, trying to do what I did to help sort things out and move a company forward. But I was becoming more apathetic about it because I didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everything else, you know, gardening was just, you know, 50 times more valuable than the money I was getting from this work. All right. The next point is um, you, you, you have the click, and then moments after the click comes the thought, how long is it going to take me? To get neck deep, um, is it going to take twenty years? But um, I need it. Not, I don't need it right now. I need it right fucking now. And this is a this is probably the king of frustrations that yeah. I have it right now.
3: I'm pretty sure this is why our conversation started in the first place because I was like, "Paul, it's not happening right now."
0: <laughs> um, I I gotta say that when I had to click, my first thought is is where can I go so I can be neck deep right fucking now? Right. And I couldn't find anything. So then it was kind of like, okay, can I go someplace and it can happen in four years instead of maybe 30 years. And I dilly-dallied with some of that, and they were very educational experiences, which I have shared in this podcast. Um, By the way, we're well into the 500s, and, like, this is podcast number 520 something. You know, Woo. Woo. so it's like there's a lot of stuff back in there about the the search I did for finding a place that fits. But um, I needed it right then, and so I, I'm going to say when I get to my section a little bit is like well, I'm trying to create a sanctuary for people that have experienced the click. I'm trying to make something. So that if you're ankle deep or shin deep and you need to be neck deep, I'm trying to make it neck deep here for those people so they can come here and like be able to breathe. Because I
1: couldn't breathe. It yeah. was it's like suddenly you breathe water and not air anymore and you need to
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of drowning in the impossibility of what is now an essential requirement and nobody else understands my essential requirement. I need to go somewhere where somebody understands me. And, and everybody is better than me at this. Mm. Everybody. And I'm kind of feeling like I'm by myself. And and I like to get to where I have to go, it's going to take too long. But there's a chance I can do this if I work hard. There's a chance I can pull it off. And there and there's still so much stuff fighting me. But I I'm farther along than any of the three of you. Although Jennifer, I'm I'm you're part of my ride. We are the same farness along, we are <clears throat> chest deep.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great Quentin Tarantino movie.
0: And and <laughs> Ashley, when we had this conversation, like, what was that, a month ago, a little more than a month ago? Yeah, I think so. Then part of it was, is that you expressed something like like, government says you cannot come here. Yeah. Because you're a Canadian, and I don't know. You're not polite enough. I'm not sure what the story is, but somehow our two governments have agreed to, yeah, that's never going to happen.
3: Yeah. I I think my strategy had been, like, plan trips to Wheaton Lab, take a really deep breath, and then hold my breath when I'm back in Canada.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, fill your bucket with whatever you find here, take it back, sneak it in past the border.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Do you have anything to declare?
2: Uh, shenanigans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I believe the answer you need to hear is no.
3: Yeah. (laughs) What seeds?
0: But yes. (laughs) Well, I was thinking more like experiences and knowledge. Um, or just, just like, yeah, being chest deep for a couple of weeks, yeah. you know, and it's like uh, it's like going somewhere and getting a shot, or going somewhere and getting, I don't know, nourishment, and then going back to prison afterwards. In a way, it's it's like. Uh, but basically, what your subtext was is that it's like you would like to go someplace where they are currently chest deep. Yeah, and they are going and they're working their asses off towards neck
2: deep. Yeah,
0: because that's that's a big leap forward over being shin deep, which is where you are right now. Oh, yes, definitely. So I'm I kind of I kind of feel like, I mean, 2005, that was 15 years ago. 15 and a half because it was April and it's like this is I've only gotten up to chest deep so far but it's happening I mean people are here people are here who are better at a lot of stuff than I am it's happening and I think I believe that we're going to get to the tipping point and I believe that That we're going, we're setting our our standards super duper high, and there will be a day when there will be a whole bunch of people who've experienced the click showing up here. We just have to get far enough along to hit that tipping point so that they can see it and learn about it. Okay. Is this going to take 20 years, but I need it right fucking now? Is this statement legit?
2: Yeah.
3: Emphasis
1: on the right fucking now. Yeah. Yep. Frustrating. Oh, oh God, does this ring true for me? Yeah. Um, this is kind of like the core
0: of the pain. Yeah. And and other do people, I really have to wait that long? People who are keen on permaculture, but they have not experienced the click, I don't think that they can understand this. Permaculture is a nice thing, and of course you can have it right now. Just. Just go do however much you want in your garden right now, and you're good. Right? And it's like, yeah, it, it, I need more. I need take what's in your head. I need four hundred thousand times more than what you're suggesting. And and it's like, and I I respect that I sound crazy. And so um, let me just please just let me do my thing. All right. So there you go. That's. That's the frustrations. Um, let's see. Uh, I think now we go into Ashley's story.
3: Hey, I get to talk about myself.
1: <laughs> okay. How do you feel about that, Ashley?
3: Kind of excited, actually. Oh. Uh, uh, maybe I'm egotistical that way. Who knows? Um, yeah, so my story. Um. I guess to kind of like back it up a little bit, like I was always like that kid who loved science. I loved the Magic School Bus. I like crass Creatures. I was a girl guide. I like being out in the woods and learning how to identify plants.
0: How do you feel um, about Bill Nye the Science Guy?
3: Uh Now I'm kind of like, who are you? He was definitely, like, my hero as a child. And then I met him when I was in university, and I'm like, um, I'm cooler than you. Uh, (laughs) Not really. But I was just like, I think, I can kind of understand now that he's, like, more of a, like, a character. Like, I appreciate the fact that he was trying to get kids into science, but I don't know if I align with him now. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so I went to university to be a scientist. Um, I got a uh, degree in biochemistry because I was like, as many sciences I could fit into one degree. And I finished my degree and I was like, I have no idea what to do with this. Um, I learned that if I wanted to do research and be a scientist, I would have to do a master's. And then I would have to be a PhD student. And then I'd have to be a postdoc. And then I'd have to Convince someone to fund my research and probably change my the research I wanted to do to fit the research grant. And though I kind of went into a master's thesis in health sciences, it was more of like a almost on the spiritual side. <laughs> I kind of rebelled a bit. My master's thesis was on transformational experiences at electronic music festivals, so you can guess where I went with that one. Um and then I was also working at Agriculture Canada um, in winter wheat research. And I was like, this is what we got. This is the best we have for agricultural research. We're just going to spray these fields with some chemicals and call it a day. Um, so I moved back to my hometown and it essentially became a ski bum. And I was just so frustrated because I had all this knowledge and I didn't know what to do with it. I really wanted to change the world. I always had this, like, inner desire to, like, save the planet, to be humble that way. But um, my friend was like, you should go take uh, this uh, PDC course. Like, my friend runs it. It's on Salt Spring Island. It has a, a lot of really cool things going on, and I think you would align with it. So I went and took this uh, course. And it was a really cool course in the fact that it just introduced you to, like, so many different areas of permaculture. It wasn't necessarily the step-by-step of, uh, this is how you build a culture. It's like, you could, uh, you could grow mushrooms, you could, um, you could do food forests, you can do this. It was like, this is, like, the business side. This is the, um sort of ethical side this is the spiritual side like it kind of covered everything and it just like was so cool um and so I just was it was just this total concept that I had never explored before but I kind of still lack that know-how of like how to actually what what do I do like how do I start um and then I went to and visited Wheaton Labs I was like oh oh, this is how you do it ground up. Um, and so ever since then, I've been trying to, to do it, um, to apply whatever I can in my own life um, and see what works and what doesn't and just I'd throw a thousand things at a wall and see what sticks.
0: So in a way, <clears throat> coming here kind of fucked you up. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it, it it fucked you up in a in a way that you wanted to be fucked up.
3: Yes, totally. Yeah, uh, I I think it was like I don't know. Allergen Abbey was like a huge uh, moment for me because my dad is a um, a master builder and he's really into um, he's really interested in sustainable buildings and things like that. But he has no trust for, like, natural building materials besides, like, straight-up wood. Like, he doesn't think that beeswax or cob could be something that stands the test of time. And then I went and saw Allerton Abbey, and I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> like, you'd, it's almost like you had to see it happen to, like, have some sort of trust in the process.
0: I kind of, I'm, I, and part of what makes me think that there are not very many people out there that have experienced the click is because I kind of feel like for a lot of this stuff, you gotta kind of touch it. Like it's hard to believe until you touch it and see it. I mean, I can show you a video and it's kind of like, yeah, that seems kind of novel, but, you know, now I'm going to go watch a video about dancing, you know. And uh, and so I kind of feel like people who have experienced the click would just have to come here and touch it. They just yeah. have to. They have to. And And granted, like in our first year that we were here, we had like 400 people come here. But we didn't have anything to touch yet. It was our first uh... year here. And so I keep thinking, like, okay, Allerton Abbey, the greenhouse is, like, you know, um, coming along, but there's the teepee. No No one's in the teepee right now touching that rocket mass heater. And it's, like, feeling this whole different way to heat, to, like, grok the difference between... Heating the air which heats you versus this air is totally cold air and all of the heat that I'm getting which I'm getting a lot of heat is either radiant or conductive heat, not convective. And it's like to feel that, to see the fire burn sideways um, to see how few sticks there are to like be, and then, and then to feel the vertical exhaust, put your hand on it. Like, if this was a chimney, it would be 600 degrees. My hand would burst into flames touching this. Yeah. But it's like, it's not that warm. These kinds of things, just feel it, this visceral feeling. Not to mention just the bizarre feeling that you get when you work the door at Allerton Abbey. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's an aesthetic that you cannot see or smell. It's There's there's not really a description for how this, when you move this giant heavy door, how it does something in your beauty appreciation thing inside of you, but you can't connect the two. It's it's like a sixth sense that you're feeling for the first time. But anyway, so, yeah, I kind of feel like there's a lot to touch and in order to feel and learn. So because there's been a certain number of people here that are a lot smaller than I thought, then I kind of think that there's not that many people who have had to click because if you've had the click, you've got to come. You've got to. There's – I mean – So, like, for Ash and Ashley, you had the click before you came here, and and it's like, you know, then you came here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense to me, Um, uh, but, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody gets the click and their click is is a lot more purple than what we have here. So coming here isn't really the the thing. And so I, I think that's a legitimate kind of click.
3: Yeah. I found that even during my PC, it was kind of split in that way. Like half of them would have sort of pursued the purple side and half of them would have tried to like create more of a homestead themselves or move to a homesteading environment. Um, and there was just a few that were kind of there for shits and giggles, I guess. Right. <laughs> They're like, this is fun." Mom cool. and Dad yeah. paid
0: for it. I wasn't doing anything else. So what the hell?
3: Yeah. It got me there out were, of the
0: house. <laughs> you
3: know. And they were still fun people, but you're like, yep, you're not going to do anything with it. Actually, my, um, the instructor for my course actually came out this summer and visited my site, so that was really cool. Yeah,
0: nice, nice. All right, Ashley, you got anything else?
3: Um, I guess, like, the one thing that I was thinking about um, in regards to frustrations um, for me was that, like, it was a total change in identity. Like, the things that I had locked myself into being, like, really valuable had totally changed and I had to like rework them. Like I had always valued myself as being this like cool kayaker skier chick. And now I had become the crazy chicken lady. So that was like a big, I guess it was almost like a purple shift. <laughs> You're like, oh man, How, do other people value me as the, the crazy chicken lady? Do I need them to value me as the crazy chicken lady? Um, am I okay with giving up my identity as this uh, outdoor adventurer? And that's kind of balancing that.
0: When you're neck deep, when you achieve neck deep, who are you then? Are you still the crazy chicken lady or are you something else?
2: Uh,
3: well, I think other people would see me as the crazy chicken lady, but I think I'd, I don't know, I don't really know yet.
2: I don't know Ooh. what
3: the, yeah.
2: Nice.
0: You're gonna find out. Yeah. <laughs> well I'll know when I get there.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I know.
0: Okay. All right. Cool. Um Ash, it's your turn.
1: Okay. Um so said earlier, um I'm currently ankle deep if that. Um I live, you know, in Denver, in the near suburbs. I have a Hugo culture in the yard of the house or the house where i'm living um and i put some gray water on the garden and i you know don't grow my own food for the pesticide reasons we've talked about before um i'm doing some other little bits of pep stuff at home you know help helping the curriculum but that's not what i mean like doing bits and bobs of pep that are you know a little bit of living permaculture and experiencing it and yeah i want to be way deeper um When we were taking notes independently before we started recording the podcast, I was wondering if I've truly felt the click. But Jen gave me words um, that help a bunch, so thank you, Jen. Um, Where I think I have felt the click, and it's just I've not yet chosen to cut off my arm. Um, And for me, the ties that hold me Kind of in my current lifestyle, it's not Denver in particular. Uh, is my son who's seven years old, um, and being a dad is something I thought about since I was a kid. Right alongside food security and living in places where you didn't need to have cars, um, and so I'm I'm in that dilemma of here's this part of me that to pursue permaculture probably. Needs to be fundamentally different than it is right now. And I've not yet made that decision. I'm in, you know, for three years now, I've been in that place of, uh, oh, can the foot come with me out of the bear trap? This bear trap's not moving anywhere. Um, and I don't, I don't mean to liken my son to, you know, a you know, fallen chain or anything like that, but there's very much a divergence of paths where, you know, because of so many reasons, with a capital R, um, getting to pursue permaculture and also getting to be with my son are rarely on the same path. There's um, Including all eight years of architecture school, pulling together bits and bobs of building and gardening and sustainability and things that were leading up. I didn't even yet know the word permaculture, but They were all heading in that way, and after years of that, I let the doubters in my life convince me that that dream of mine was unrealistic and belonged, you know, in the sky merely to be looked at, and then I felt the click, like I talked about before. It was... I can see it it's that still image the thumbnail of the justin rhodes video of paul next to the rocket mass heater there in the fisher price house and when i was there i maybe be toe deep if that like i wasn't doing or living permaculture stuff and so maybe it was just as soon as i touched that cold water i was electrified um and kind of all of these things came crashing down on me all at once um and that was back in twenty seventeen. And since then I've felt a series of jarring moments, including going to Wheaton La- Place Fall, um and seeing the community in action in addition to, you know, the other physical artifacts that you talk about. Um and before I felt the click I had already come to the hard realization that I can't do and know everything and I hadn't yet created or honed those words like you talked about, Paul, where solution is a community where other people are better than you and pulling you along and you're the ones you know, not at the head of the pack but at the back of the pack and they're pulling you forward um, and since feeling the click my life has gone through being turned upside down and then upside down again for reasons pretty much unrelated to me feeling the click Um, and so because of that, uh, I've chosen or had to, I don't know, uh, chosen, uh, to live vicariously through the podcast, your podcast fall, not anybody else's, uh, and the forums and the videos and that stuff. Um, and I think for me, going, going to your place fall showed me that living neck deep was attainable and a realistic goal, um, I, no, just real quick on the topic Go of podcasts. It. I,
0: I kind of, like, I haven't listened to anybody else's podcast really, except sometimes I've, I've listened to some of Jack's. I'm not really a podcast consumer now. Um, I don't think I've ever, I've never been a podcast consumer. I'm a. I'm an audiobook consumer, but that's a different animal. Sure. Um, but I kind of wonder, like, have, like, the other people who have podcasts, Are they pre-click or post-click?
1: The few that I've sampled uh, all feel pre-click. Okay. Um, At least in what they're presenting. Maybe they personally have felt the click, but they're not talking to people who felt the click. I felt. um, The ones that I sampled, and I didn't sample a lot just because... Once I felt the click and found a podcast, like, that's all that I listened to for 500 and so forth. But the other ones feel more hmm, talking to the mainstream. And maybe they're trying to convince people to get the click. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is,
0: which is cool and good, and I'm glad that there's so many other podcasts. Right. And I know when I first started recording podcasts, I was saying, like, this information's not getting out there, so I'm just going to kind of do this until somebody who's good shows up <laughs> and, and b- puts it out there. And here
1: you are 500 episodes later.
0: Well, along the way, I kind of figured this thing out about these 12 people. And so a lot of it is for these 12 people and it's like i'm i'm reaching these 12 people that are important to me they're important to me i don't even know their names but they're important to me um i i i confess that the thing with the patreon fuels me and it's like man i'm glad that those patreon people are because the podcast ran in the red for years and now at least they're breaking even but um uh i I don't know. I, I kind of – I'm glad that there's that there are podcasts out there. I'm super-duper glad. I mean, I wish there was 100 times more people making podcasts about permaculture. It's cool. That would be, that'd be great. And then every person with every flavor, whether it's purple or black or, um, you know, orange, whatever is the color, there's, there's a podcast. Hell, there could be a brown one that's, that's 10 times better than mine. That's all great. I mean, a lot of them are edited, and they, they really do it. Uh, they really put some effort into making something nice. Oh, yeah. And so, but I kind of have to wonder, are they doing it because of uh, the novelty factor of, like, they're kind of, you know, pre-click, you know, whereas I kind of feel like, I don't know, I have to do this. and, and, and You the can't podcast, not do it. Yeah. The podcast facilitates my goals. And I need to talk to those 12 people because I think three of them need to move here. Yeah. You know, so there's some of that. And I so I need to get this out there. And there's also the thing where a lot of people listen to the podcast, and then when somebody asks a question on Permese, then they say, well, Paul would say this, or he said this in this one podcast, so therefore here's Paul's answer to that. And so we're we're improving our greater overall velocity in so many ways, thanks to these podcasts. So this has turned into a tool of sorts, but my personal motivation for doing it is oftentimes a combination of the Patreon supporters and the 12 people that I think have experienced the click and like the value of, yeah, the, the, the their value that they put on me is like crazy high and like we're, I don't know. Connected? They're in my carass or something. Sorry, I'm I'm interrupting your your show.
1: Here. No, you're okay. No, you're fine, Paul. <laughs> it's still called the Paul Wheaton Podcast. No, okay. Last time checked. <clears throat> um, but no, like you said about uh, level one and level two stuff. You know, before I was fine with level one and level two stuff before the click. You know, I was reading Joel Saladin and watching the Gabe Brown and and re- you know listening to Laningham stuff and Alan Savory, and that was all nice. And then once I felt the click, I immediately wanted all the level 10 stuff. Like, just give it all to me right now. Um, Right. You need to go beyond Sepulchre. Yes. Need to be there. What would Sepulchre do if he was born on his place and, you know, he had all legal protections to do everything that he dreamt of? I need to get to this point.
0: Where Sepp Holter is pushed back to level eight. Yeah, exactly. Like, me and me and my, my peeps, we're all going to do such amazing shit. And Sepp, who died, you know, back then, just because I'm talking about this fictitious future, he would be impressed if he were still alive kind of a thing. Exactly, and, yeah. And he would he would approve of these 20 people moving ahead of him. And, you know, kind of a
1: thing. And it's like, that's where that's where we want to go. That's where I need to go. That's where I need to be. And that's I'm, the life I want to live. And I know, Paul, you talk about step units. To me, in my mind, I think of it, I close my eyes, and I can see step water burbling out of a fountain in the square of a town with no cars that can feed itself that's inside of a permaculture paradise like that's what i see and that's so far so far ahead you know that's ho- however many set units it takes to make that place happen on, um on my own scale which is what we're talking
0: about yeah so i feel like i'm currently at level 8 on my own scale and i kind of feel like but i'm far enough up on level 8 that in 2 years i might get into level nine yeah. and then 15 years from now it's possible that with community using the power of community that I might displace that but mm-hmm. it'd be it'll, it's still 15 years into the future mm-hmm. but right now I think I'm I'm a solid level eight and um, I'm you know in a couple more years I think that I might barely be a level nine
1: yeah, and remind me, level eight's where you're one of a hundred, right? Yeah, yeah. And not level nine's where you're one of ten. So, um, yeah.
0: So I, so out of out of the out of Sep and and the ten people at level nine, I don't feel I don't feel I can displace anybody at level nine, you know. Um yeah. And so I can't displace them yet. But I'm still going strong, and we're making forward progress, and we're getting more and more stuff done. And so maybe, maybe in a few years, yeah, you know, if if I can maintain this
1: forward velocity. And so, um, but all right, sorry, back no. back to what you're talking about. No, you're fine, Paul. Don't worry about it. Um, like Ashley, my strategy up until now was to go to Wheaton Labs and fill my bucket and bring my bucket have Back home to me and do the Charlie bucket routine of nibble on, nibble on that bucket and try to make it last a year, you know, like Charlie in the chocolate factory where it makes that chocolate bar last a whole year. Um, and, uh, you know, I've swum upstream and had people think that I'm crazy for talking about what I think is level one stuff, much less the level 10 stuff. Um, and I've found one other person in my, locational proximity that doesn't think I'm crazy, and so now that's kind of turned on a drip. So I'm not suffocating anymore, which is nice and cute. <laughs> and at the same time, I still want so much more. Yeah, want or need? Need. No, yeah, need. Um, yeah. And I still have a working job for reasons, again, with a capital R. Um... And, yeah, I still need to live in a town with no cars that can feed itself. Okay. So. Uh, and I'm done. All right.
2: Jen, you're up. All right. I mean, so I feel like I've kind of told a lot of my story on the podcast before, especially when I first got here and it was like, oh, no, you pushed the button. And now uh-huh. it's knocked it off. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I felt the click at the PDC here. So before that I had been, I grew up on a ranch back home in Texas. That was kind of always where my heart was at. Um, and I had left the ranch to to go to college and kind of run my own business and had a condo in the city, but I was just increasingly suffering and so I decided to move back home and I was back home like visiting and then my dad got paralyzed and it was like well now I'm definitely moving back home (laughs) and so I I sold my condo and moved back to the ranch and was trying to do permaculture stuff um And it was just, like, the swimming uphill factor was high. Like, I mean, not only was I a caretaker for my dad and trying to, you know, manage 550 acres by myself, but, like, my family members were not, like, they weren't even level one, you know? They just totally didn't get it. They would come spray Roundup on things or graze on or, you know, stuff like that. To be helpful. They were helping Right, totally. And I mean, the neighbors, Uh too. Like, the neighbors would spray my fence line for me because they knew I was struggling to keep up with everything. And it's like they were genuinely being kind, and yet.
1: In their conception of kindness.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so, like, there was just a lot of that, and it was getting, there was increasing kind of like family conflict, and everything was falling apart, and I won tickets to the PDC. And I wasn't sure whether to come, but my mom told me, like, honey, you need to go. Like, just go. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, my mom's awesome. Um, and, <laughs> and so I got here and I was just like debating the whole time as I was doing the PDC, like, oh man, I can't, am I gonna cut off my foot? You know, am I really gonna do it? And uh, then I had the click. And so, I I did and I asked Paul how he would feel about me staying here to to do the ATI, which oh that's another kind <laughs> of <reason>. but um <laughs> still <Yeah>. in progress. <laughs> um but I ended up joining the boot camp and yeah, I've been here ever since.
0: Do you like the boot camp?
2: I do like the boot camp. Sometimes I'm frustrated that like I don't have more time to play on my personal plot, but like working on the projects that we do as the boot camp is, is really exciting. Like there are things that haven't been built yet, like even as prototypes in a lot of cases, and that can be frustrating because we're trying to figure out how to do it, but like getting to be a part of that and, build these designs so that we can actually test them is really important to me. And like, yeah, sometimes I get frustrated that we're not fully neck deep, you know, that we're not growing more of our own food yet or that the ATI hasn't happened for reasons, things like that. But I, I get a lot out of being in the boot camp, and I like it just on a day to day basis. Like working with the people here is really cool. I've been more on office work lately, so I haven't been participating as much in projects. But, like, when I get to work with everybody, I really enjoy that. So then when you had the click,
0: you had these new needs. Yeah. And the urgency is 100% urgency. Right. Need. Does the stuff that you do in the boot camp, does it feed those needs?
2: It does. I mean, our whole lifestyle here – I felt like just being here before I worked on anything, I it was already like thirty percent there just in terms of like there are already standards and values in place to keep the toxic dick away. Like it's an all organic diet. We don't have you know, people aren't taking stuff and dumping it into a pit in the pasture and burning it. Like there's not nobody spraying Roundup on anything. Mm. Um, and like other people here are already doing cool things. So it's like every time I want to do a cool thing instead of like, well, I have to carve out a tiny piece of time from all the other shit that's going on. And then I have to come up with the money and then I have to learn everything from scratch. It's like somebody's already doing that. They have the equipment and in exchange for a little bit of help from me, they're willing to bring me in on it. Like, that's really amazing. And, yeah, just, like, living in a natural building, um, you know, being at Allerton Abbey, all of that really just, it kind of poured some cool water on my, mm. you know, steaming head. <laughs> I was just like, ah! <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, I,
0: I kinda of feel like I'm gonna get into this a little bit more, but I kinda of feel like the boot camp is designed for people who have experienced the click. And it's like right. this is this is the food you have to have and right, and
2: exactly. Like,
0: you know, um and and that's and I kinda of feel like there's a big difference between people that are kinda of like here for you know, I don't know, a little bit more of a novelty versus people that are here because they've had the click because it's like this this fire hose I'm drinking from and I'm keeping up with this is this is essential this is my right. lifeline and it's like uh, you can't i mean the the concept of, of sipping from a cup just is like not going to cut it you know I, I need this fire hose and it, right. and, and I can and you can keep up with it and it's like this is this is the thing this is the food this is this is it. This is what is what is required, um, and then other people are kind of like, uh, "Oh, this fire hose is is way too much. This is drinking from the fire hose, and all that that implies. <laughs> I think it's going to blow my head clean off." And and it's like, I'm just going to observe other people drinking from the fire hose. I might touch some of the spray from it a little bit, but I'm definitely not going to drink from that. And uh, I don't know. There's so you know. For for some people they come here and it's like a little bit of a novelty and then they're on their way. And then other people it's like this is the food. This is this is the nourishment that I desperately needed. And I can't I cannot get it anywhere else. So that's my thinking is part of the design of it, I think. Right. But, and I'm thinking a lot about the me from two thousand five. When I experienced the click, what I needed then. And I'm trying to think of, like, let's make something for that guy. And um, so uh, a landing space of sorts. All right. Uh, do you have anything more?
2: No, I think that pretty co- pretty well covers it. Yeah.
0: I got a note from Ashley saying that she needs to split because we're running long. But thank you, Yeah,
2: Matthew. yeah yeah, it was good to talk to you. It was good to talk to you guys.
1: Super jealous of you trailblazing permaculture for your family.
3: Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, honestly, like, sometimes I think that I can't do it, and then every time I ask for help, they're like, yeah, no problem. Sounds great. (laughs) That's
1: awesome. Jealous, envious, proud, astonished, impressed. Well,
3: I'm glad to hear it so I, I just it reminds me to be grateful for what I got. Um, but yeah thanks guys I'm gonna head out.
0: Okay we're Bye. gonna
3: keep going exactly
0: This podcast is continued in part three.
1: Don't forget go out to patreon.com/ Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for
2: future artifacts.